It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Research at the National Archives and Beyond Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett, and co host, Patricia Glover Howard. Hello, Patricia. Hello, Bernice. Okay. Hi, hi there. Well, everyone, Patricia will be monitoring the chat room tonight and summarizing your comments. So, I hope that you all will be able to give us as much feedback as possible. Well, I want to welcome the callers and chatters to research at the National Archives and beyond. This show will provide individuals interested in genealogy and history an opportunity to listen, learn, and take action. If you have logged in as a guest and you wish to participate in the chat, please sign in through your Facebook account or blog, Talk Radio. Tonight's show will focus on the cultural heritage in the Republic of Benin, with special emphasis on what the country has to offer and it has in store for you in the years ahead. The guest tonight is Nathalie Blank Chiquetti. Nathalie is Haitian and Canadian, Afro-descendant, and has lived in Haiti, Canada, France, Brazil, and now Benin. She received the Bachelor of Commerce in Finance from the University of Quebec in Montreal and a Master's Degree in International Marketing Management from Boston University. Natalie is responsible for the development of cultural heritage tourism at the National Agency for the Promotion of Heritage and the Development of Tourism in the Government of Benin. So let me give a warm welcome to Natalie Blank Chiquetti to research at the National Archives and Beyond. Welcome, Natalie. Welcome, Natalie. You're live. I'm not sure if we've lost Natalie. I know she was on a few minutes ago. Natalie, are you hearing me? Okay, everyone, what I'm going to do is call Natalie back because I guess we've gotten disconnected, and I'll just call her right back, everybody, okay? Hello, Natalie. Yes, Bernice, I could hear you very well. Okay, well, for some reason I was ca- I'm was i calling you twice. I see what I did now. So that's okay, okay. everybody. Natalie's on. <laughs> and as soon as the phone <laughs> starts ringing, Natalie, we'll be just fine, okay? Okay. It's calling your other number. Sometimes, folks, yeah. we have a little technical problems, and it's my fault, so it's going to stop in a minute. Okay. okay. Oh, it's still ringing, Natalie. 
Should I do that? That's something? okay. Can you hear Natalie, me well? I'm going to hang up. I'm going to hang up and let you okay. pick up the other line, okay? Okay. Hello? Okay, Natalie? Yes, yes can you hear you're me on. Now? Whoopee. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, thank you for yes. having me tonight. I'm really excited about having this call with you and all your the participants to your call. Thank you for having us. Well, I'm just happy. Now, Natalie, many African Americans have had their DNA tested and discovered a genetic connection to Benin. And yeah. so they are really eager to learn and connect with a cousin from there. So hence, mm-hmm. this is just a, a wonderful time to have you on the show. And I look forward to what you have to tell us about Benin. So let's let's start with what is the National Agency for the Promotion of Heritage and the Development of Tourism? Well, the agency has been created last year by the newly elected president of Benin, Patrice Talon. Um, upon his selection, he, uh, he decided that he wanted to promote um, what the Benin's biggest asset. And to him, Benin's biggest asset is his rich culture and history. He wanted to reveal Benin. So revealing Benin is even the name of his um, governmental action plan. And... Um, um, a few months after he was elected, he presented the, this action plan. And in this action plan, there were two major projects. Those projects were revealing the country as a cultural heritage place of choice in West Africa and the development of technology. So this is the reason why he created directly the agency. And the, the agency is under his direct supervision. Um, the agency was created in order, as I said, to reveal what Benin has to offer to the world because the president believes that Benin um, is a condensed version of Africa because in Benin, you have the, the visitor has the opportunity to make safaris up north and we are creating, recreating um, our park, which is the largest in West Africa, to, to, make, it, to make it become a reference park in the region and um, allow visitors to have the very same kind of experience that they can have in South Africa, Kenya, Tanzania, and the like. And um, a little bit down south, we find a village that is called Bukumbe, where the visitors can have a homestay experience in traditional houses made of clay. And uh, the idea would be for visitors to have a, a, a um, a real sense of what it is to live in those um, traditional houses. And then another city called Agome, where we're going to create um, our first museum that will retrace the history of the kings and queens of Agome. Because as you may know, um, the kingdom of Daome was one of the largest and most civilized um, and most powerful kingdoms in Africa at the time of the, well, at the time before slave trade. And um, so there's a rich history, a very fascinating history to, 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 um, to reveal to the world. And the idea is to create that museum that, we've got, that is going to be interactive and present all the, different, all the many different stages of, the, of this history. And um, so throughout the country, we have seven flagship projects that we are currently working on. And that will allow us to put Benin in the international touristic map. And um, one of these projects, well, uh, we have two projects that we are also very excited about. The, one of them is to, that we're going to create the first international museum of voodoo art, history, and civilization, culture and civilization. And um, we're very excited about this museum because, for once, we also want to show to the world what our indigenous religions are because um, uh, mainstream media has brought people to believe that these religions were, well, let's say not good enough, they were linked or tied up to black magic. Whereas um, when you really know about the rituals, and this is what we have to reveal also, when you know about the rituals, about the philosophy behind these religions, you do realize that they have nothing evil tied up to them. So it's just a matter of getting to know what they really are and um, giving access 
to um, a larger audience to um, the beliefs behind those religions. And then um, the last but not the least is going to be um, the slave route. Because in Benin, um, we have a city called Wida, which was one of the largest slave ports at the time of the Atlantic slave trade. Um, uh, millions of enslaved people left the coast of Africa to go to America coming from the slave port. And what we're going to do is that we're going to renovate all the different, all the many different historical sites along this route to allow visitors to, to, take a, to make a pilgrimage on the footsteps of the enslaved people and the footsteps of their ancestors or those who are descendants of those enslaved people. And um, I can tell you that it's an amazing project a very that is going to um, allow visitors to have a very emotional experience in Benin and realize how resilient our ancestors were and, um, and how much we have to uh, live up to their legacy. Right, and just to hear that you're talking about a pilgrimage along the, the slave route, I mean, just tell us a little bit more about the whole transatlantic slave uh, movement from uh, Benin to, uh, to the Americas, to Brazil, and other places. Okay, so this slave, um, uh, the route, um, if you do it by foot, it, it will take five days and five nights. You know, it's a very long, <laughs> very long journey until because it starts from the point where the where the people were enslaved, and um, and started the journey down south um, to the shore where later they were embarked on the slave ships. So the slave route would allow the visitors to see all the many different places where the enslaved people would stop to 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 eat. To rest, well, they would rest because their captors would need to rest. <laughs> so um, where they would stop to rest, where they would stop to to sleep, and then in Wida, which is that slave fort I was talking about, um, there are many forts where the enslaved people were kept captured before embarkation. And then in that city, you find so many different historical sites. Has a tree um, that is called a tree of forgetting where the enslaved people would have to turn around many times in order to um, forget about everything that they were, forget about their families, forget about their religions, in order to be um, totally free for their, no, for their new life. There were that other side where they were kept in, the, in a dark room for days in a row in order also to be prepared for the hardship of the, the journey on the, on the slave ships. So... Um, yeah, we are having a very, um, and this project is under construction. The, the the renovations of all those sites have already are starting this year. Some of them have already started, and um, we 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 really do believe that uh, visitors will be able to have a very nice experience in Benin. Well, you're getting uh, uh, reactions from the chat room. Wow, how powerful this is to to think that people are walk to the water, but then they're kept in a dark room and, and they walk yeah. around the tree of forget. I mean, just to experience that, oh, that, that has to be the most emotional uh, pilgrimage for anyone to experience. It is. It is totally, because as an Afro-descendant, um, um, a month ago I went to do, uh, at least I tried, <laughs> to do the whole journey and um, yes. I did it by car, of course, and at some point um, I wanted to start walking. And I walked, like, for five minutes, and then after I had to stop because the heat was so strong and um, I just couldn't bear it. And that's how I realized, and then that's when I realized how strong um, our ancestors were because they've been able to go through all the journey, to go through the uh, Atlantic, to start working on plantations after being torn apart with their families, and then for us to be alive today, I mean, for me, it's, um, yeah, we, it makes me realize that um, I would love them to be proud of us, and then we have totally, we need to lift up our heads so that, so that they are also proud of us. 
Yes, you are so right. I mean, the strong survive. And just as you said, you were not even walking the trail a long time, and, and it was no. the heat. And just to imagine no. that the, the ancestors were doing this, yeah. and they put them on a ship, and they made yeah. it all the way across the, the ocean yeah. to this mm-hmm. new land. I mean, this is, it, it is so powerful. It, it, is, it is frightening also, but indeed, it's it's good to say we did we survived we stand on their shoulders because totally. if it wasn't for them we we would not be here. Now there's some no. uh, questions coming out of the chat room. One of the questions is were records kept of who was taken from there? Um, I should go talk with more historians to to get to know um, to have a more uh, an answer to that questions. Um, Probably, probably, but uh, I would need to to go get that information. Right. Well, you know, there there's some databases that are available, Atlantic Slave yeah. databases, to show where they were coming from and where they were taken. Now, I okay. I know that you are in the process of gathering information from various parts of the United States, Brazil, Canada, and elsewhere to find out what people would need to know. And so I'm, I want to challenge you chatters to just start throwing out questions and throwing out ideas of what you would want to see so that when Natalie goes back home, she will have a, a great idea from you all as to what you want to see when you go there because that's part of what she's doing. She's conducting a needs assessment. So, Natalie, what else do you want us to know and understand about your role and what else we could see if we traveled there? Well, my role is to really um, make sure that our future visitors, our future brothers and sisters, when they'll come, they'll have the type of experience that they're expecting. Um, so that's why I'm touring well, the United States, and then I'm going to all the many different countries where there's a large population of Afro-descendants. And the idea for now is to get to know what type of questions they have when they think of doing a cultural heritage trip. I mean, what um, question that they would, re- they would like to receive for which they would like to receive an answer. Um, what are they most curious about, you know, when they come on the footsteps of their ancestors? What type of experience they want to leave? Because that information will be of utmost importance for us in order to craft the, um, well, in order to bring a, an answer to those, to those questions. Therefore, well, right now those, we have, yes, we have uh, questions, and we want to. They want to know about other ethnic groups, and what can you tell them about the various ethnic groups in Benin, as well as about the language or languages. Where there are over forty different um, different tribes and ethnic groups in Benin alone, and um, and as much languages, traditional languages. So um, that's what makes the country unique and uh, and somehow fascinating to visit because um, it is very authentic. Uh, and as I said, that's one of the reasons why also it's a, we believe that it's a condensed version of Africa. And um, yes. Uh, we have another comment. Someone uh, is mentioning that they would like to visit, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, Cotonou. Yes. They'd like to visit uh, another, Yes. Okay. Another is they mm-hmm. would like to see Kingsmen. They would like to, to meet with the the people and connect okay. with the people. Absolutely. Because they are especially well everywhere in Benin, um you have you still have kings and queens of life who still they live up to their to their traditions. So you 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 see them. They live in their they still live in their palaces and they still um, have the they're organized and the, the the kingdoms and the the palaces are still organized. Social life inside the palaces are still organized in a very traditional way. So um, it's something very very um, 
interesting to 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 um to come see and generally speaking the kings and queens are very welcoming and eager to um to share um their 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 lives and to share what they know with the visitors and especially when those visitors are um brothers and sisters or as they say um sons and daughters of their um of their brothers and sisters Right, right. Well, now there's also questions as far as distance. Where is, I mean, if you talk about Nigeria and you talk about mm-hmm. um, other locations, how, where can you put Benin in the location of these other uh, countries in West Africa? Okay. Benin is just situated on the west side of Nigeria, so it's between Nigeria and Togo. It's a small country between both. And it's on the shore. Okay, and then so, there's also as far as travel time. How how far is it from um, Lagos, Nigeria? Well, if you do it by car, it's a three-hour drive because of traffic. And um, by mm-hmm. plane, it's maybe not even up to an hour, half an hour. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. The, um, the the countries, the neighboring countries, are very close to each other. They're very um, they're very narrow countries on the south shore, and so um, yeah, a three hour drive from Lagos, and a two hour and a half drive from uh, the the capital of Lomé, and um, from Ghana it's maybe three three and a half hour drive. So um, yeah, it's really uh, access is very easy. Also, there's a question as far as what are the major cities and then how many of the surrounding areas of of the major city are rural and how large are those rural areas versus your major cities? Well, most of the major cities are on the south shore, on the south of the country. And uh, the capital is is Cotonou, sorry. And the administrative capital is Porto Novo, so this is the two largest cities. And then you have Ouida, which is a city where that was once a slave fort. Abome, which mm-hmm. is the city of the kings and queens. So um, these are the country's largest cities. And I, I, I forgot the second part of your question. The rural areas. I mean, is it more more rural than urban well, kind of it, what is this balance? Yeah. Well, those those three those three four different cities are, are urban, but very very easily and very rapidly, um, the the visitor can delve into you know um, life with um, within the villages, and it's really easy to quickly have access to um, rural Benin. Okay, and then another question is where can one go to learn the history of Dahomey. Well, directly to the to the city, because since we're going to have this museum, and we have many many um, very uh, very uh, knowledgeable tour guides, so of course through the internet doing research, but on site in Abomey there is there are still the palaces, there are museums, and especially that museum that we're going to create that we trace the history of the kings and queens. Mm-hmm. And then you say cre- will create. When, yeah. uh, I mean, you have a target date as far as when you hope to have uh, some of the uh, museums completed and the trails and some of the other uh, cultural uh, heritage tour events uh, scheduled? Absolutely. So we are starting working um, this year already in renovating all the many different sites, and we have a, ta- a three to four years time frame to complete most of our projects. And um, so the idea of the president is to start promoting Benin at large as a cultural heritage destination in 2019. So meanwhile, during this year and a half to two years that we have between now and 2019, we are working, as I said. In, um, on getting the destination ready for 2019 when we'll start receive, receiving our first visitors. 
And I just want you to know that we have people in the chat room, and they're putting in the percent of DNA that they share with Benantoga. And okay. so I'm seeing 11% and 18%. And I, now I know just from what I've seen with my own family members, as high as 35%. So wow, it is awesome. quite, <laughs> yes, it is, <laughs> it is quite interesting. Oh, 34%, I'm seeing it. Uh, okay. You know, now there's a question. Okay, an, another question because they're, they're talking about their DNA. Do you know if DNA has even been discussed and been in Toga? It, um, it, has anyone even started taking DNA tests? Uh, is that a subject so that they could turn around and connect with us as brothers and sisters? Well, um, on site, I have to admit they don't really do tests because they, well, you know, they. Um, they know well. I guess they they, they they suppose that they're from there. So, but they're really, really, um, they're really happy to know when when um, brothers and sisters are discovering that they're from the the they're from Benin, and they're so eager to meet them. Um, yesterday, we've learned that a friend of us that we live in Brazil with um, was actually from Benin, and he's from the U.S. And we were so happy about it, and um, that's one reason why one reason more to um, to welcome him to Benin. And we just cannot wait to 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 share what the country has to offer with with all of you. Wow. Well, if the questions are coming, I'm going to throw this one out, and then we're going to take a, just a quick break. But are you okay. aware of the history of Africatown in Alabama? Yes, I read about it. Okay, because what they're saying is the la- the last slave ship documented to come to America left from Benin, mm-hmm. and the Africans from there started their own town in America. And this is from James Morgan. Thank you, James. So we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to have a word from our sponsor. And the sponsor for tonight's show is Roots to Glory. Each year, Africans in the diaspora from the Americas to Europe make the decision to trace their ancestral roots by DNA. For some, it's difficult and emotional, while for others, it serves as a final destination from the journey traveled hundreds of years ago by their ancestors. Finally, they're now able to put closure to the question of who am I and where did I come from? The need to identify a place called home is extremely important. Roots to Glory will help bridge that gap by guiding, introducing, and being a part of the experience of discovery and reconnection to Africa as they embrace their long-lost families. To find out how you can participate in the number of tours to Africa, go to www.rootstoglory.com. You can also find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's rootstoglory.com. Well, I want to welcome everyone back to research at the National Archives and Beyond Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett, and you can join me every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, where I will have an expert to share resources, stories, and answer your burning genealogy and history questions. Remember, all of my guests share a deep passion and knowledge of genealogy and history. All of my shows are available as a podcast immediately after the broadcast, and they can be downloaded from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn.com, and Stitcher.com. Well, you have been listening to Natalie Blank Cicchetti, discuss the cultural heritage tour that's on the horizon for Benin. So what else can you tell us about what 
we might experience by going on this cultural heritage tour, Natalie? Well, I think it's an interesting experience. It has um, um, when a, some an African descendant comes to Benin, it's a whole, it's a whole, it's a very intense and emotional journey because it's one that I think that we and I say we because I myself as an Asian is also an Afro descendant. I'm also an Afro descendant. And it's a the type of journey um um in which the, the, the emotions that we feel we're not expecting to feel. And um a lot of people, Afro descendant that they have come to be in as I've asked them, were you expecting to feel what you felt? And nobody was expecting that. And that's when we, we realized that um, blood is never lost. And um, so it's, it's really strong in motion. And then it's a whole um, immersion because when you come to Benin, first the heat and then how people dress. They, they really do dress in African prints. And so we, you really feel the difference. We feel in a specific culture we really sense the authenticity of the country. And then the food, the spirituality, the, um, the, the art, they have amazing heart. So, um, yeah, it's, a, it's really an, an interesting and enlightening experience. That is so, I believe yes, that it's totally worth Yes, I mean, you, you made this comment. I mean, the blood is never lost, and it's a very emotional uh, experience to visit Benin. So I want to throw this back out to the chatters. We have a full house tonight. <laughs> and so chatters, I want you to ask questions. I want you to say what you want to, to know about the, the country. And so here's a question. I want to know if people of Benin are aware of how much their spirituality has survived in the Americas. Yeah, they do know because um, they know, for instance, that in Brazil um, there are many religions of African descent in Haiti, um, even to the to the point that people think that voodoo, for instance, comes from Haiti, but in fact it comes from Benin, so indigenous religions from Benin. And um, in Cuba and in parts of the United States, they're totally aware of it, and they're really also very curious to see how it has evolved in um, those many different places. Right. So then there's another question. They'd like you to tell tell them more about the politics and the government. Well, Benin is a country that is lucky enough to have a very um, uh, political stability. Uh, it's a very safe country uh, where women can go by by themselves and stay late at night without being uh, worried at all. And um, and it's a very democratic country where people have freedom of expression, where um, the the legal the legal justice is respected. Um, yeah, it's it's really recognizing the region as an example as an example of democracy. Okay, so I'm just going to keep throwing these out to you because the comments are coming. They want to know more about family values. What family values were instilled in men and women, and what did they pass down to their children? Well, family traditions are very strong. In Benin, the family is everything. Um, um, there is a lot of respect for the elderly, so the kids are really... Um, uh, they're really uh, raised in 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 knowing that they have to respect older people and to respect um, everybody around. Because in Africa, in Benin and in Africa, uh, what they say is that it, it's a whole village. It takes a whole village to raise a child. So respect is very important. And um, and uh, during all the traditional um, festivities, family come together, and they're huge families um, with hundreds of people. So it's it's really it's really interesting to see how how uh, tightly connected families are in the in the country. 
Right. And also, I mean, you talk about the, the, the huge families, but what about the, the family genealogy, the history? How is that uh, shared? How is it passed on from generation to generation? Um, the idea is that in, in Benin, each village has its own tradition. So um, you may uh, know from, let's say, the song that somebody knows where, from what village he comes from, you know, in addition to the language. Mm-hmm. It's not only the language. It's the, the song that they know. I've heard it. Each language, each village is linked to its own songs and its own habits. So um, it's passed on from from generation to generation. Parents teach their kids who, in turn, will teach their own kids. Mm-hmm. And so how far back are you aware of people tracing their family history, though? Can they go back 5, 10, 15 generations back? Um, I, well, you know, tradition is very old, old in, in, uh, in Benin, just like in many parts of Africa. So, um, therefore, yeah, people know where they come from because their grandparents have told them and, and they, in turn, will tell their, their, their kids. So they know where they come from. So they, so this is, this is oral history that's constantly being passed down. Absolutely, for now. So what is, yeah, what is the education system like? Um, they have a strong education system because um, Benin was once and still known as the um, Latin Quarter of Africa because the country has helped, the education system of the country has helped produce um, high-profile educators that were very soft after in all Africa, and um, and people who also um, recognize that very um, serious professionals um, in Europe. So um, it is a system that is based more or less on the French educational system, but um, it has very strong strong roots. Mhm. And then what about the healthcare system? The Benin also has a good health system, and it, and we're also working right now. That's part of our of the project. One of the projects that will support the ecosystem of the touristic project is um is to improve um healthcare coverage throughout the country. So the idea is that is that we're going to be um, creating building emergency healthcare units around the many different touristic attractions and around the historical sites in order to um for visitors and even locals to have easy uh, easier access to healthcare. Mhm. Mhm. Now I'm I, once again I am throwing the questions out that are coming through the chat. So mm-hmm. one question is is the hi, the house of python considered a tourist attraction? Totally. Totally. It's one, I guess, of the highest visited um, attraction in the city of Ouida. Because the so pythons in Benin what, are considered a divinity. Well, pythons in Benin, in the, in the city of Ouida and in the, in, the, uh, in, in the indigenous religions, it's considered uh, a divinity, like some sort of a god. Therefore, it is revered. And they are kept in that temple, and um, there's so many of them. And um, it even the the local population even say that when you find a python in your house, it's a blessing. <laughs> Therefore, um, it depends on how you see it. <laughs> they yes. really consider wow. it a blessing. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I'm not too fond of of those animals, but um, we're supposed to consider it a blessing. <laughs> Is that right? That is very interesting. Yeah. To find, you know, if if you find a python in the house, it's a blessing. I've yeah. never heard that before. <laughs> yes. But then these are in the indigenous religions of being. But of course, those pythons are well kept inside a temple. But um, we're not going to find them walking or crawling um, in a city. But um, yeah, they would be happy and honored, apparently to find them in their houses. Mhm. Now, do um is do you have tourists that are coming in now for safaris or is it more of a 
uh, to come into the country just for the the culture and learn more of the traditions. But it's a little bit of everything for now. And um, um, in the safari, the hotels that we have there are booked for the for the next year. And um, because it caters for now to a very small amount of, of tourists, but um, people are very interested. Because, you know, it's, it's the opportunity to see animals in their natural habitats. So it's always fascinating because it's different than the, the zoo that was constructed by humans. Mhm. You know, this that again, more questions. Are vacations happening now? Um, Do you have large groups coming no. in now? Oh, vacation vacationers. Mhm. Yes, we have a lot of it's mainly Europeans people. We have a lot okay. of French people, a lot of um many French. And um but we are working toward expanding that. And that's why we are mm-hmm. we are very serious about our tourism project. Mhm, mhm. Even for that matter, Roots to Glory, uh, the sponsor of this show, is having a tour in September. So when mm-hmm. those of you who are listening go to their website, you'll be able to see what's being planned because they have scheduled tours to a lot of countries, but September is the one to look for. Uh, in 2017 through Roots to Glory. Now, the uh, question is, do you fly directly into Benin? No, but there are many different ways to 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 arrive in Benin. Um, from America, people can come to France and then or Brussels and, um, uh, and then again take another flight from there to Benin. Or there is also a direct flight from New York to Togo, which is a neighboring country, and then Togo to Benin, it's a, it's a 20 minute flight or two hour and a half drive, as I mentioned. And there's also the, 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 the possibility to, do from, to go from the States to Lagos. So there are many different routes um, that are available to the visitor. Mm-hmm. Now, for those people who are thinking of coming, what would you recommend they do? To prepare for the trip over, what do they need to know? What should they have in place? And uh, also, will you put together a guide for them? Yes, we will put together a guide and a, a website where they'll be able to have in their own language, in English or whatever the other languages um, um, of our many different uh, future visitors. And um, so um, are we, we encourage our visitors to get in touch with tour uh, companies such as um, such as Uchu Glory because these are agencies who are uh, really used to the continent and will really um, take great care in providing the type of experience that uh, the visitors want. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, yes, and so Roots to Glory would be uh, an excellent company for, for those of you who are considering to uh, contact them. Now, what totally. currency is used in the country? The currency is a CFA, and it is a currency that is used throughout West Africa, except Ghana and Nigeria, of course, but throughout the French-speaking countries in West Africa. hmm and of course, when when you talk about currency, what's used? The the other part of that question is, well, is it expensive to to go there? Would people have to really spend a lot of money to have a, a good experience? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Um, things are really um, reasonable, and um, we have many. And we are still building because, as I said, we are still destination into construction somehow because um, we expect and we will be ready for by 2019. But uh, there are still going to be experiences crafted for all type of all type of um, of wallets, and um, the idea is to allow visitors um, to to live the type of experience that they want um, in their own terms. Mhm. 
And so when, you know, you're talking to people about coming, what would you consider the ideal amount of time to spend in the country? I think that up to 10 days is a very reasonable time. And then if uh, visitors want to go up north, add an additional um, five, yeah, four to five days to go up north and do a safari. But I think that 10 days allows the visitor to have a real great sense of what the country has to offer, feel the culture, learn about uh, the history, and um, taste the food, see the... Um, uh, the African prince and an old type of experience and go along the slave route. So I think that 10 days would be a good time, a good um, length mm-hmm. of stay. Mm-hmm. And would the slave route be a one-day experience or several days? Well, it depends on how um, uh, the future visitor wants to leave the experience because, as I said, uh, pilgrimage by foot would take more than, well, five days five walk, days walking uh, day and night. But um, there's also the, the possibility to do just a portion of that. And um, a two-day, in two-day, it's uh, totally enough to see all that all that um, the, the, the port has to offer. Wow. Okay. So, uh, chatters, please continue to ask your questions. Uh, there was a question concerning uh, frac- francophone Africa and, and currency. Mm-hmm. Is the currency throughout Benin the same, or does it change? No, throughout Benin is the same. And as I mentioned, um, it is a currency that is shared by all the Afri- the francophone countries in West Africa. And also, although I know, I mean, francophone, I know they're speaking French, do you also have a large number of English-speaking people there? No, Benin is not um, English-speaking, but, of course, we have tour guides and um, um, travel professionals who are totally fluent in, in English and many other different languages. So um, we do not believe that the language barrier would be uh, a hurdle for, for our future visitors. Mhm, mhm. And then tell us about the food. I mean, we always want to know what kind of food would be the traditional foods that people can experience when they visit the country. Oh my God! I think that um, well, we, you would need to come to eat <laughs> to experience the type of food. It's um. How can I say? I'm a, I'm a gourmet. I love food. So I, you can get me going for hours there. Um, well, they have um, food um, dishes made of okra. They eat a lot of um, greens, of vegetables, and um, a lot of rice, a lot of um, uh, do made of corn, um, in different sauces, a lot of spices. The the dish of Benin is particularly known in West Africa as to be very tasty. They're very tasty. Do you have gumbo? Yes. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's, there's a comment saying West African food is so good. The fish soups, mm-hmm. the vegetables, the goat, okra, and don't yeah. forget the hot sauce. <laughs> yeah. You know, this very is very spicy. <laughs> and then as um a lot of fish, they eat a lot of fish and goat. Yeah. It's an it's an interesting experience. It's an interesting experience. So yeah. I know that you, you, you said just a little bit about uh the voodoo religion, but tell us a little bit more. Uh, what would we experience? What would you want us to know and understand about voodoo? Well, I think that um, everybody will will experience the, the will make the type of experience that is most convenient to 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 the to the, to the person because there are many, there are different levels of experience that you can have because if um the very curious visitor can can go all the way and um and be um and be somehow baptized and, and really do understand all the 
hidden parts of the religion. Other than that, the visitor would just want to have a glance of what it is and really understand with their own eyes and not the the, the prism of um, of the uh, of the Western world can have also a glance of the rituals of the philosophy behind the religion. Yes, and and you're right. You have that opportunity to to have it as it is, and not mm-hmm. to have it through the eyes of of the Western, but to know and understand it for what it really is. And that's one Absolutely. of the things that perhaps a lot of us don't understand. Yeah, we don't understand and then the, the religions. Absolutely. And then coming to Benin, you come to realize that it is a religion that is really close to nature. It is a religion where um, respect for the ancestors, because it is um, they really do value in the rituals, in the philosophy, the ancestors, you know, and they ask for protection from their ancestors who are now closer to God. Um, so then you, re- you learn to realize that, well, it's a religion like any other. <laughs> Right, right. But then they would have an opportunity to really understand what the religion is. Absolutely. And they'll find yeah. people who are really knowledgeable and will be able to 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 explain the rituals and to explain even how somehow traditional medicine is linked also to spirituality and to religion in Benin. Therefore there's some um there's some diseases we can call it diseases like chronic diseases and that you suffer, and then you go see um, a priest, and then he tells you, well, you know, you have to take this and this or that herb, and then it it makes you feel better. So it, it's really tied yes. up to religion, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned diseases. What kinds of, of medical problems do uh, the, the Native people experience? And you also, you mentioned the health care system, but what kind of medical problems do the people experience there? Well, um, we have no endemic um, diseases in Benin, so um, I can talk about, well, that would be the same as any anywhere else. Am I, did I understand so, all the questions? Yeah, so hypertension, diabetes, heart disease, uh, malaria, yeah. yeah, HIV, AIDS, is that uh, uh, what percentage of the population uh, has been impacted by HIV, AIDS, and, and also uh, what kind of treatment is available for individuals with chronic diseases and uh, certain infectious diseases? Well, those um, um, the example that I was thinking about um, when I was talking about traditional medicine was was um, chronic diseases. When you're thinking about people with allergy problems, with um, sinuses problem, they can go to to those to the, their priest or their da, as they call them, and ask for ask for a cure. And sometimes, well, most of the time, you know, they they come from natural remedies and um, maybe the types of remedies that in America our grandmothers have been used to pass on from generation to generation. And then um, they find some relief using those kind of medications. And that is what mm-hmm. is also interesting. And when I met throughout my trip with doctors, for instance, they were interested in knowing more about traditional medicine and how they, um, they approach the treatment of chronic diseases, high blood pressure, and the likes, which are um, diseases um, for which uh, medicine in the Western world um, sometimes uh, they come to, um, they don't know how to treat them effectively anymore, or they, 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 they confront limits, and they want to see how um, traditional medicine approach those kind of diseases. Yes, and that would be something to find out. I mean, perhaps they have better recommendations than traditional, I mean, not traditional, but, uh, yeah, traditional and natural remedies than what we have here. And it would be good to to transfer that knowledge uh, Mm -hmm. so that we can practice those uh, same rituals here. 
uh, natural cures because we're so quick to run and get it off of the shelf at the drugstore, and perhaps Absolutely. we need to go back to what Grandma used to do with some of those birds in the yard and what have you. Yeah, yeah. so I think it, it can be a good it, option. Right, it would be a good option. Mm-hmm. Well, we're yeah. getting close. We're getting close to the end of the show. And do you have anything else you want to the, the, to hear from the chatters? They've asked you a lot of questions, or is there anything you would like to tell us in your parting words? Well, um, I'm, I'm very happy to be sharing um, what I know about Benin and what Benin has in store for the years ahead. It is a project that is very dear to the government of the Republic, revealing the Benin, revealing Benin, revealing what the country has to offer. It's um, it's a country with a rich, rich culture, um, culture and history, and um, and I think the the journey to come on the footstep of our ancestors is totally worth it because we. We we leave an experience that we are not expecting, and and this is what we would expect to leave with one of those kind of experiences. And so, Natalie, I want to thank you so much for coming on tonight and sharing this information with us. I know I am just excited, and I'm ready to <laughs> to make that trip. So thank well, you so much for, for joining me tonight. And everyone else, please remember, your ancestors left footprints. Therefore, you should follow the clues that are presented to you through oral history, family records, and research at the National Archives and beyond. You can continue this discussion on the research at the National Archives and Beyond and AfroGenius.com Facebook pages. And also remember to listen to the African Roots podcast with Angela Walton Raji on Friday and also watch for the Black Progen Live with Nika Soul Smith. Thank you so much for joining Research at the National Archives and Beyond Blog Talk Radio. This show is sponsored by Roots to Glory, and the website is www.rootstoglory.com. And please look at that trip that's taking place in September. Also, check out my services at BB's Genealogy Research and Educational Services, LLC, and my website is www.geniebroots.com. Well, I look forward to all of you joining me next week. This is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett, and co-host, thank you, Patricia Glover Howard, in the chat room. Good night, everyone. Good night, Natalie. Good night, Bernice. Thank you again for having me.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.